welcome to the Church of the Redeemers weekly podcast. We pray that you will enjoy this week's service, and we hope that you will follow us at www.cotrb.org, and may God continue to bless you. know it and just let it minister to you today. God, we thank you and we praise you. We honor you and we glorify you. We magnify you for your presence. We thank you for caring for us, for watching over your word to perform it, for keeping us and for loving us the way that you love us. I pray today that your people would get everything that we need according to life and godliness, that you would hide us behind the cross, that you would allow for Holy Spirit to minister like only Holy Spirit can minister. That you would love those that need to be loved, heal those that need to be healed, keep those that need to be kept, deliver those that need to be delivered. Is somebody praying with me? Protect those that need to be protected and honor those that need to be honored today. We'll thank you and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Thank God. And amen. Come on, clap your hands for just a second and give our God praise. Thank you, Dr. Furby, for leading us in worship. So I like to plan some things out. And our our scripture reading is um, found in Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 through 18. We've got a subtext that we'll read that was read in our hearing. Um, by Minister Lingham. Thank God for Minister Lingham Amen. being here to serve with us. Amen. Our primary text for the next six weeks, for three weeks, excuse me, is going to be in Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 through 18. And this series, the series is called Culture Making. Culture Making. Culture Making. We're going to talk about culture making. At the top of the year, we're going to talk about culture making, and we're going to talk about it for the next three weeks. We're going to talk about it from the perspective of fasting, culture making. There's a subtitle. The title is Fast Like Daniel. And when you fast, Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 through 18, when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen of others. But truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head or put some lotion on your face. That's what he said. Put some lotion on your face. Anoint your head, wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And when your Father sees in secret, and your Father who sees in secret, excuse me, will reward you openly. Culture making. In 2010, I had the expressed honor Um, and privilege of working with three other friends of mine to create an organization called Netzer, N-E-T-Z-E-R. Some people say Nezer, N-E-Z-N-E-T, but it's spelled N-E-T-Z-E-R. And I'm going to say that T because I want to say that T. N-E-T-Z-E-R. It's called Netzer. And that word comes from a a scriptural backing of Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1, where um, in Hebrew... It communicates about uh, a new root springing up from a dead branch. Go with me. It's a new root springing up from a dead branch. In essence, um, it was communicating about how 
um, the, the, the children of Israel had been cut down, right? And the, the tree of the nation had sort of been leveled, as it were. And even though everything looked dead, it looked like there was just a stump that was left. Somebody went by, Isaiah went by, was spiritualized, and he saw new growth coming out of a dead place. I wish y'all were with me. <laughs> Jesus, I bless you. He saw new growth coming out of a dead thing. And you would think that because the tree was cut down, that everything that was there would just just be dead, right? You would think that everything that was there would just, it would, it would have died. But God is a God of promise, and he allows for new growth, for new life, even to come out of dead situations. That's a beautiful place for somebody to give God praise. Because this is not in my notes, but you have been walking through dead things for a very long time. Hallelujah. You've been working through things that you know God has lifted his anointing off of for a very long time. And the things that you have been trying to resurrect on your own, God is saying, let that die so that I can bring new life. Holy God, I bless you. I can bring new life out of dead things. He's not going to allow that thing to just be a memorial. He is going to create new life out of the old structure. New wine and new wineskins. That's what God is doing. So in 2010, we had opportunity to create this organization called Netzer. This organization is lived, it, it's, um, organ, it's uh, founded on this word called that in Isaiah chapter 11. And Netzer is a Hebrew word for the shoot of a branch. The word is the imagery used to describe Jesus growing up from ancient family, from the ancient family of the line of David. A shoot will come out of the stump of Jesse, and from his roots a branch will bear fruit. And one of the things we tried to do when we were creating this organization in its inception is we wanted to ensure that the culture that was created for the organization, for those that were coming together, we wanted to make sure that the culture was sustainable. And the people that were coming together in this organization were young leaders that were in old denominations. Hear me. Just that we were young leaders that were all around southeastern Pennsylvania that were in old denominations, mainline denominations, where they were sort of stayed and stagnant. But the young leaders who were in these mainline denominations still had a heart for what God had done in these mainline denominations. It wasn't that we wanted to see that the denomination fall and we wanted to work in this new church planting movement. What we wanted to see was God bring new life out. Are y'all with me? He wanted to, we wanted to see God bring new life out of what had already been foundational. So we were working, and as we were working with new leaders in a way that allowed them to confess our sins, as we were, wor- as we were working with new leaders, confession is a hard word today. I got to keep going, David. As we were working with new leaders to figure out how to confess our sins, how to be brothers and sisters to one another, how to truly leave, live, live lives of accountability with each other, what we realized is we were doing a lot of basketball playing. 
We were doing a lot of coffee drinking. We were doing a lot of talking. But in those conversations, we hadn't created a foundational structure for what we were talking about. The culture of what we were doing, confessing and learning and living life together, was beautiful. But when we had real conversation, the conversations, the words that we were using had different meanings for different people. They had different meanings for different people. So when I said fast, some people were like, well, I don't do that anymore because that's an Old Testament thing. Or when I say when I when they say pray, they really think that pray. They were thinking prayer meant that you sit on your bed or you kneel on your knees. And everybody had a different understanding of what prayer looked like. Some people went to a hill where they could see the whole city of Philadelphia. I'm telling you what I know, not what I heard. Um, you go to a hill where you can see the whole city of Philadelphia and weep over it like Jerusalem. We would literally go to places where we could see our place of call and cry. Cry out to God to deliver and heal and restore and to do what only God could do. But we had to create language for that. And as we created language for that and culture with that, we did so through experience. My first point, if you want to write it down, culture is created with common language. Culture is created with common languages. If I say something that you don't understand the background of, then you're going to take my words and you're going to interpret them in a way that I didn't actually mean for them to be interpreted. So in order for us to go into this next season as Church of the Redeemer Baptist, say amen, somebody. In order for us to do what God is calling us to do as the church on this corner, we need to create culture. We need to create culture. And I'm finally allowed to say it, Dr. Furby. This is why you got to come to Bible study. Finally, I can say it. This is why you've got to be at Bible study. Because if you just hear the word, why you holler? If you just hear the word, if you just hear the word on Sunday morning, all you will hear is the surface of what God is speaking that will change our lives forever. God wants to us to go not just to a surface level, but he wants us to understand what touches our hearts. Hear me. He wants us to understand what touches our hearts, not just be moved by our emotions, but he wants us with all of our getting, all of our deliverance, all of our healing, all of our restoration. He doesn't want us to get delivered, healed and restored. He wants us to understand what he delivered us from. He wants wants us to understand what he's healed us of. And he wants us to understand what he's restored us to. You can't get that from the surface. you got to go deeper. So as we walk through this culture-making series, we walk through this culture-making series over the next three weeks on fasting, we will create language that those connected to the Church of Redeemer Baptist will understand and then share with those that are coming. Did you hear me? Y'all got to understand it so you can share it. With those that are coming. Hello? That means they're coming. (laughs) That means they're coming. 
And if we are on different pages, we can invite them into the space that God created for us to inhabit because you'll say something different than what you'll say and I'll say something different than what he says and that creates confusion. God is not the author. (laughs) He allowed me to preach, Mom. I'm grateful. He's allowing me. God is not the author of confusion. He is the one that gives order and structure to our lives. So, In fact, when Jesus had just finished and was released into his ministry, did just that. He created common language. He created culture with the disciples. Turn with me to, you ain't got to turn to it, it's okay. For three chapters in the book of Matthew, chapter four, five, I'm sorry, five, six, and seven. Jesus, in the book of Matthew, gathers all of his new followers on a mountain. And he explains to them the difference between what Moses taught and what he will be teaching. He explained to them the difference between what Moses taught and what he will be teaching. He didn't upend what Moses taught. He didn't throw it away. He just explained, Moses said it this way, but I say it this way. He didn't say Moses said it this way and Moses was wrong. No, no. He said Moses said it this way, but I tell you this. I'm building on what Moses said. I'm not upending what Moses... In essence, what I'm doing is I'm taking the foundation you received from from, from Moses. and I don't mind it. I'm taking the foundation that you received from Pastor Kirk, I mean, from, from, from Moses. I'm taking the foundation that you received from all of these preachers in South Philly, and it is mine to build upon it. It's mine to add to your faith, not destroy your faith. It is mine to add to your faith. So what God is doing through Jesus is he talks about all the things that Moses taught. He talks about attitudes, how you should live in accordance with other people. He talks about lust. He talks about murder. He talks about anger. He talks about the law. God talked Jesus through Jesus. talks about prayer. talks about fasting. talks about giving. talks about oaths or promises. Jesus talks about love and savings accounts. He talks about your money. Talks about savings accounts. Talks about judging other people. Talks about God's provision. And he talks about even more. He defines what his followers should be doing in order for them to to be seen as the followers of him. Order, saints, is necessary. Jesus, in those three chapters, defines what his followers should be doing in order for them to be recognized as his followers. He communicates not just what Moses said, 
But he says, when you are in trouble, this is how God is supposed to deliver you. When you're angry, this is what it looks like to be angry and not sin. When you are feeling lustful, this is what it looks like for that lust to go from desire to actual sin. Are y'all with me? When you are in love, this is what love is supposed to look like. Not love for your neighbor and love for God. And relation, this is what love is supposed, he explains it all so that we would have understanding of what we were to look like as followers of Jesus the Christ. And over the next few weeks, what we're going to do is talk about that same thing with regard to fasting. Fasting. And we're not just going to talk about it, we're doing it. Right? Right? We, we're not just talking about it. We're doing it. For the next three weeks, 21 days, you'll start it yesterday. I started yesterday. For the next three weeks, 21 days, we're doing it. And as we're doing it, what we're doing is we're giving up things that allow God to have the space that we gave to that thing. We're giving it to God. Fasting is simply a posture of trust and sacrifice of people before God. It is our opportunity to put down what we know is essential to us. Here, did you hear that? It's, it's our opportunity to put down what we know is essential to us, to tell God that what we need, that God is more important than what we need. I know that I need food, but God, I need you more. That's in essence what you say when you turn your plate down. I know I need food to live, to get to my next destination. It gives me the energy that's required to get to where I'm going. But God, I need you more. Fasting is not just a diet, saints. It's an opportunity to take the time that you would spend doing whatever essential thing that you would be doing and giving that time in sacrifice to God. So what we're doing is we're not just turning our plates down. We're turning our plates down so that the time that you would spend chewing, you're spending that time praying. The time that you would spend cooking, you're spending that time reading your word. The time that you would spend doing all of the things that you think or whatever your sacrifice is, the time that you would spend committed to that sacrifice, God is asking you to set that time aside for service and relationship with him. I didn't prescribe a fast. I didn't ask you specifically to do one thing or the other. And the reason why that is, is because I don't know what takes your time up. You do. I don't know how you spend your time in a way that you've created something essential that may not necessarily be essential to me. But you do. And as God has pricked your heart to communicate and to give up something that you have made essential in your life so that you can spend more time with God, that is your sacrifice. I will not, I'm not this year maybe, I will not tell you, I can't say never, I was about to say never, but I will not say what you're supposed to be giving up. What I will say is when you give it up, do not replace it with some other busy work. When you give up what you're supposed to be giving up for God, do not replace it with some other busying activity. Replace it with relationship with Holy Spirit. Amen, somebody? 
And this is the sacrifice. This is the sacrifice that we're called to. Instead of eating, we're supposed to be reading our word. Instead of social media, we're supposed to be reading scripture. Instead of being on the phone and talking to our best friend, we're supposed to take that time and talk with God. Matthew chapter, chapter five, 6, verse 16 says, And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. You're going to do it. This is a when. This is a when. We'll talk about that later. And when you fast, do not look, at the, look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they are disfigured in their faces, that their fast may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received already their reward. Verse 17, But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. Take a shower, wash your body, brush your teeth, put some lotion on your body. So that... Your fast may not be seen by others, but by your father who is in secret. And verse 18, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. For week one, the subtext that we need to talk about are these rewards. Subtext that we need to talk about are these rewards. And we're going to talk about this for three weeks. For week one, the reward is found in verse 18, the first, this first clause. The one who sees your pain will also see your sacrifice. Please write it down. Please write it down. The one who sees your pain will also see your sacrifice. For your sacrifice. But the reward, saints, depends, in fact, on your sacrifice. For Daniel, his sacrifice was food, but not all food. It was a certain type of food that he had to sacrifice. It was called no pleasant meat. Let's talk about that. Daniel's fast was a fast of no pleasant meat meat. He ate what was essential to him. He ate vegetables and he drank water. Okay? Daniel ate vegetables and he drank water. That was it. He didn't have a a T-bone steak. He didn't have no chicken wings. He had no cheese steak. He ate vegetables and he drank water. He had no beer. He had no wine. Hello, somebody. Don't act like you He ain't had no Kool-Aid. He ain't had none of that. He ain't had no soda. He drank, he ate vegetables and he drank water. That was it. For 21 days, we find this in chapter 10. But it actually happened for 10 days in chapter 1 of the book of Daniel. The underpinning of our explanation of the Daniel fast is found in the first chapter of the book of Daniel. This is around the time. Now, let's just give some background. This is around the time where the the Israelites were in exile and serving Babylon. And the best of the best of the Israelites were taken into the king's palace. And they were taken into the king's palace for the benefit of them being servants to the king. So they were given, in essence, they were governors of sorts. They were given a bunch of things that other people would not have given. And they were given the best of the best food because they were the best of the best people. But Daniel realized that the way that they prepared their food was a way that was honoring to other gods. And Daniel didn't want to honor other gods because he wanted to remain steadfast with his relationship with his God. So even to the point of where he said, I'm not going to eat food that's sacrificed to idols, he wanted to remove every obstacle out of his way that would keep his soul from his Savior. 
everything that would be in the way for him that would keep his soul from his Savior. He said, get it out of my way. I don't want anything between me and my God. But at the eighth verse, and so at the eighth verse, excuse me, um, we read, but Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food so or with the wine that he drank. Therefore, he asked the, ch- the chef of the, the chief of the eunuchs, excuse me, to allow him to defi- not to defile himself. And God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king. I'm going to give you what you want, but I'm scared for my own life. I'm going to give you what you think you need, but I'm afraid for my own life. So he gave favor to Daniel with the chief of the eunuchs, but I don't want the king to kill me for giving you something that's going to make you sick. Why should I see that you are in worse condition than everybody else and who is your own age? So would you endanger my head with the king? You try to kill me, bro? What are you doing? You trying to put me at risk. I'm not doing that. Eat what you're supposed to eat so that you can be healthy and hearty. And Daniel says in response, and Daniel said to the steward whom the chief of the eunuchs had assigned over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Y'all, y'all, okay. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Test your servants for 10 days. Let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let your appearance, let our appearance and the appearance of the other youths who eat the king's food be observed by you and deal with your servant according to what you see. So we listened. The chief of the eunuchs listened to this matter and tested them for 10 days. And at the end of the 10 days, it was seen that they were better in appearance and fatter in flesh than all the youths who ate at the king's table. Daniel learned in his youth, saints, how to consecrate his life. Daniel learned in his youth how to consecrate his life. Consecrate. He learned how to set aside or declare his life sacred. In his young days, he learned how to set aside or make his life sacred. He learned in his youth that he wasn't like everyone else. And he learned that it would take something different for him to live as God intended for him to live. He couldn't live how everyone else was living. He couldn't serve how everyone else was serving. He had to do things God's way. Somebody, if you don't mind, just say God's way. God's way. We have to do things God's way. And when I was growing up, there was a phrase that the older saints would pull me specifically aside. And share lovingly when they saw sin in my eyes. You hear me? They would pull me aside. And when they saw sin in my eyes, they would pull me aside and say, David, others can, but you can't. Others can, but you can't. I don't care what they're doing. I don't care how they're living. I don't care what they're being, who they're hanging out with. I know that God's going to get them when God gets them. But you, you have to learn right now how to live a sanctified life. You have to learn right now how to live a consecrated life. You have to learn right now in your youth so that it carries you through your old age how to set yourself apart For the glory of God. Some of y'all didn't hear that when you were younger. So God is sharing it with you right now. Saints, others can, but you can't. 
They can drink whatever they want to drink, but you need to put your cup right down. Come on, church. They, need to, they can eat whatever they want to eat, but you need to put that plate down. You need to sanctify yourself before the risen Savior so that he can use you like he wants to you. Others can, but you can't. And in this season, this is a season of consecration. It's a season where the saints of God have to declare ourselves holy before the Lord, righteous unto our calling. Righteous unto our God so that the glory of the Lord can be seen and all the earth will know it. <laughs> They'll know it. We need to return to the we need a return, excuse me, to the mothers and the fathers of the church that will lovingly pull the saints of God aside and teach us the way in which we should walk with God. The way of holiness, saints, the way of righteousness and the way of truth. We need a standard of God to be lifted again in ways that allow the spiritual field of play for God's people to be renewed. Everything is not okay, and you need to know when you've gone out of bounds. We need to restore a spiritual field of play so that everything, when you decide to step out of line, the Holy Ghost will pull you right back in. Why? Because somebody has taught, hallelujah, somebody has taught you what's right and what's wrong. Y'all are afraid to communicate truth to the young people now because you feel like they're going to come at you. What you need to do is say, baby, come here real quick. I like your shirt. Now, you know you ought not be chewing that gum in church, right? You know you ought not to be acting like that, right? You know you ought not to be living like that, right? But you're scared because you think they're going to do something to you. They're going to find you on the street. What they're going to do is they're going to respect you for loving them enough to teach them the right way. We need a return of the fathers and the mothers in the church so that the church and the world can see the difference that is made when Jesus comes into your life. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 12 says there's a way that seems right unto man. But the end thereof is death. If you walk in the way of man, you'll just be settling and walking with the crowd. But if you and you'll be walking into your own demise and destruction. If you walk in the way of man, you'll just be settling in sin and walking with the crowd. And you will. I, I guarantee you will walk into your own destruction. I don't care how old you are, or how young you are. This is a lesson for right now. You know better. You know better. So let's do better. Hello, church. You know better. So let's do better. And if you don't know better, I'm telling you right now, so you know better. So let's do better. There is a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof is death. Daniel learned how to consecrate his life as a youth. He learned as a young man how to consecrate his life. And then he drew on this lesson, and this is where we're going to go. He drew on this lesson when he was more mature. Daniel's fast is God's ability to speak to us that he will lift our burden and give us answers. God is going, he's going to lift our burden and he's going to give us answers. In chapter 10, verse 2, it says, In those days I, Daniel, this is Daniel talking, he says, I, Daniel, was mourning for three weeks. From that time, 
that Daniel had seen a vision. At that time, excuse me, Daniel had seen a vision that he knew God shared with him. And it literally broke his heart. He saw a vision that he knew was from God. He knew it was going to happen. And it literally broke his heart. He had no idea how to organize this in his mind or in his heart. He had no place to put this in his body or in his mind. He didn't, he didn't want really, under, he couldn't understand what God was doing and what God was saying. Why would you cut down a nation that you promised? Why, why would you destroy seemingly what you create? I don't, I don't get it, God. I don't get it. Why would you do this to a people that are waiting with bated breath for your will to be established in our lives. And for three weeks, for three weeks after Daniel heard the word of God, he mourned. Have you ever heard a word from the Lord that caused you to cry? Have you ever heard a word from the Lord that was not in any way, shape, or form encouraging? And you knew it was God. You knew that God was going to do exactly what God did. And you had no understanding of why God would allow for that death to occur. You had no understanding, nowhere to put that pain, nowhere to compromise, nowhere to figure out what God was doing or why God was doing it. That's where Daniel was. He heard the voice of the Lord. He knew it was the voice of the Lord. And he had no understanding of what God was going to do. He knew it was God, so he had to try to figure out how it was good because God is good. But this doesn't seem good. But God is good. But this is not, it doesn't seem good to me. He was broken. He was heartbroken. And the funny part is, God sent Daniel answers as soon as Daniel started to pray. God sent a word to Daniel. Daniel prayed about the word and God immediately sent an answer to Daniel to help him understand what was happening in his life. Saints, I will offer that if your answer, I'm going too fast, if your answer is delayed, maybe it's not because of what you, what you are not able to listen to God. Maybe your answer is delayed simply because it hasn't gotten to you yet. It's been released from heaven, but you have yet to receive it. Let's keep going. For the time, at that time, Daniel had been released from heaven, but it was held up for 21 days in spiritual warfare. Anybody know about spiritual warfare? (laughs) I feel like preaching. Anybody know about spiritual warfare? 21 days it was held up because heaven was fighting with Daniel's promise. (laughs) Heaven was fighting. The enemy was fighting against what God had released in Daniel's life. I know about spiritual warfare because I know that when I feel like I have been betwixt and between, there was a gentleman from Chicago by the name of Apostle R.D. Hinton who came to Philadelphia. And when I was in the midst of my trauma and turmoil, he looked at me, he said, David, I know what this is. And I started to cry because I wanted an answer. He said, all this is is about God and the devil fighting over you. My Lord. (laughs) He looked at me and he said, David, all this is, it's about God 
and the devil fighting over you. Why? Because he knows, the enemy knows if he allows you to be released into the promise of God, what's going to happen is his kingdom is going to be torn down. I wish I had a church. Man, I wish I had a church. He knew that if you would just release yourself into the loving arms of the Father, the Father would put all the broken pieces of your life back together again, and you would shine forth the glory of God. So there's a fight in the heavens that is keeping your word from, from being received by you so that you can't get the encouragement that God has promised you. Verse chapter 10, Jesus, I bless you. Verse 10, and in chapter 10, it says, And behold, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. And I said, and said to me, Daniel, man greatly loved. Did you hear that? Oh, Daniel, man greatly loved. Did you, did you hear that? Oh, Daniel, man greatly loved. Did, did you hear it? What's your name? Oh, Alicia. Woman greatly loved. Did you hear it? Did you hear? Oh, Kimberly. Woman greatly loved. When God comes to you, God comes to you and speaks love. When God comes to you, God comes and communicates his love to you. He doesn't come to you to create anxiety. God communicates to Daniel as he was mourning. Oh, Daniel, man greatly loved. Understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for now I have been sent to you. And when, I, and when he had spoken this word to me, I stood up, but I was still afraid. He said, I was trembling. Yeah. I stood up, and I was trembling. Then he said to me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and you humbled yourself before God, your words have been heard. And I have come because, your word, because of your words. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days, but Michael one of the chief princes or the archangel, Michael, the warring angel, came to help me for I was left there with the kings of Persia and came and came to make you understand what is happening with your people in the latter days. For the vision of for the vision is for the days to come. Daniel prayed and God heard Daniel and responded immediately. But Daniel's answer was delayed for no fault of his own. Some of us saints need to fast because we've been waiting for answers from God for days. We've been waiting for answers for God, from God for weeks. Some of us have been waiting for answers from God for years. And some of us have been, have been praying the same prayer for literally decades. And the enemy is trying your faith by delaying your answer. But God is asking you in this season of your life to remain persistent in, the, in prayer to the point where you deny yourself for a season and walk with God, even in your grief, even in your heartbrokenness, and even in your heartache. God is literally asking you to turn down what you feel is essential so you can hear the thing that will give you life. That thing is the word of God, the answer to your prayer. Turn down your plate and receive the word of God. The Bible says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And as you trust God, God, please, please, please do not fill the silence that God has allowed you to live in. Do not fill it with your own answers. God is not speaking. You can't hear God, and it's not because of your sin. 
That's not the reason why you've not received your answer. God, it's not that God is not speaking because he doesn't love you. It's not that God is not speaking because you're, you're too busy or he's too busy for you. God loves you and cares about you. And sometimes your delay is simply a matter of spiritual warfare. And your response in this spiritual warfare should simply be to wait. Don't get anxious. Don't get afraid. Don't pick up your question from the altar and try to answer it yourself. Just wait on the Lord and be of good courage. And when it's time, God is the one who will strengthen your, your heart. I need somebody to thank God right here for the strength that God is giving you right now. God has not, he's not neglected you. He's just, there's a fight in heaven that is waiting for warring for your soul to be restored. And strength will come when you receive your answer. A fasting should make us leave, leave us feeling weak. But this fast will give you strength. And fasting should not. Fasting should, not, should have you feeling famished. But this fast that God has called us on will have you feeling energized, saints. Fasting should make you wonder why you're doing what you're doing, sacrificing how you're fasting. But I guarantee today by the power and the anointing of God, this fast will leave you praising God and feeling refreshed. God will restore your joy in this fast. God is going to renew your hope in this fast. God is going to encourage your soul in this fast, and God will provide you with some answers that you've been praying for for years in this fast. All you have to do is commit yourself to the sacrifice. Commit yourself to the sacrifice and watch God do God's part. Your answer's been revealed. The word of God has been released for you. And the only thing that you need to do is wait on the Lord and be of good courage. And I promise you, in these next 21 days, he's going to strengthen your heart. You're going to get answers on why that person is no longer with you. Hello, somebody. You're going to get answers on why it's been so difficult for you all these years. I, listen, listen. You're going to get answers on why God has allowed for things to be the way that they've been. And those answers aren't going to come to everybody. They're going to come to the consecrated. They're going to come to the consecrated. The ones who are willing to sacrifice to get what God has for you. If it's you, just clap your hands and give God praise. If it's you, if it's you, clap your hands and give God praise. If you've been waiting for your blessing and it literally seems like it won't come. If doors have been shut and times have been rough and it seems that you are done, I declare by the mercy of God that that devil that's been fighting you for years is a liar. He's a liar and he's a deceiver of the brother. And I declare to you that God is not through. He's not through blessing you. Somebody heard the word of the Lord for the first time in a long time. Somebody heard the word of the Lord for the first time in a long time. And this is the word that you needed because you've been waiting and your faith has not been where it needed to be. You've actually stopped trusting God for that thing in that specific area. You've actually stopped trusting God for that thing. You've stopped trusting God for healing. You've stopped trusting God for deliverance. You've stopped trusting God for your children. 
But God is saying, hold on to me just a little while longer. Just, just, a li- just a little while longer. Consecrate yourself just a little bit. Give, give it to me just, just one more time. Just one more time. 21 days, set yourself aside. Consecrate yourself. Put yourself away from all of the distractions and allow for me to restore your joy. Some of you, for some of you, that's going to mean that you have to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. For some of you, that's going to mean that you have to find humility again. You're going to have to realize that you can't do it on your own. And that's why in this moment right now, the doors of this church are open. There's a moment right here, right now, where God is calling every one of us. It's a lion calling every one of us to trust him again. It's not through. It's your time, it's your turn, it's your season. It's your time, it's your turn. And it's your season. The devil is a liar. And I'm deceiving too. Oh God, it's not through. Blessing you. You've been waiting on a blessing, and it seems it just won't come. Body been sick, pain everywhere. And it seems he doesn't care. Don't, don't ever give up. Yeah, 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 yeah. For he promised you are with Somebody's just crying in their room, wherever you are. I literally, I can almost see you in my eye. God, you're just, you're sort of broken right before God. But don't you give up. Because what God said to you, He will do. And the brokenness that you feel is the brokenness of Daniel. It's just a matter of time that God is going to respond. It's just a matter of time. God is going to respond with the word that you need to encourage your heart. God's not through. He's not through. He's not through. He's not through blessing you. Just wait on the Lord. Wait on him. Wait on him and be of good courage. got one more thing and I didn't mean I I probably I wasn't going to share this but I feel like in verse 15 it says I'm sorry excuse me in verse 18 it says and again the one having appeared to me touched me and strengthened me yeah the one that had appeared to me and communicated that I was loved he touched me and he strengthened me and he said oh man greatly loved fear not Peace be with you. 
be strong and of good courage. And he that spoke to me, and as he spoke to me, I was strengthened. Ah. Yeah. As he spoke to me, I was strengthened. I felt it in my body first. And then I said, let my Lord speak. For you have strengthened me. This fast is not a fast that's going to make you weak. This is a fast that's going to make you strong. And as God communicates to you, God is going to allow for strength to be renewed and restored because of the word that he will release. And we give him praise. We give him yes. glory. For the strength that's coming. There are some that need to be you need to allow yourself to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. You do. You need to allow yourself to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. And in this moment and at this time, you know that you've been waiting, and you've been, but you've been waiting for a word from the Lord, but you're way out of bounds. You're way out of bounds. You're waiting on a word from the Lord to encourage your heart, and you know that you're loved by God, but you're living a life that's so far over there, so far over there, that you know you're not in a place where God can speak. You know it. You know you're not in a place where even if God was trying to communicate with you, you would be so distracted that you wouldn't hear his voice anyway. Ask me how I know. I've been there myself. I've been so far out of bounds, out of the boundaries of living a consecrated life, that even when God wanted to talk to me, I couldn't hear God. I couldn't do it. But now is the time. Now is the time. And today is your day to come back to Jesus. If there's one on the screen or in the room, if there is one that needs to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior, just type it in on the screen. Just type it in on the screen. Say, it's me. I need the Oh, I need you. Just say, it's me. It's me. I want it. I want it. I want God again. I've never accepted Jesus Christ, but I want to accept him now. If there's one who has needs to just come back home, you know you've accepted Christ. Absolutely you have. But you need to come back home. You need to come back home. You need to get back within the boundaries of the kingdom. Type it in the screen. That's me. Just say it's me. Say it's me. It's me. Just Or put a hand up, emoji, whatever you want to do. Just indicate in some way that we need to reach out to you. And again, we promise that we will find you and we will reach out to you. You're not going to walk this walk alone. And if there is one that needs to connect to a good church that loves you enough to keep you home, but still allow the presence of God to be with you in your house, join with this, this church called the Church of the Redeemer Baptist. We're walking into a new season. And just say it's you right now. Just put in, your, in the screen, raise your hand, say it's me, whatever you need to do, just to indicate for us that you are one that wants to become a member of Church of the Redeemer Baptist and join and serve the kingdom of God from this local congregation. If that is you, just give God praise. Just type it in the screen. And for those of us that have received the word of the Lord, let's give God praise. Let's give God praise. Let's give God praise. It's the joy and the strength of my life. It moves up Misery. Keep me.
Praise God. What a great word. What a great word. Amen. 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 My, my, my. Thank God for what we heard today. For truly, as we begin this fast, we are listening to what God has to say. And I don't know about you, but I heard good news today that I'm going to hear some answers to the questions that I have. But not only will this fast is designed for God to tell us to be strong and be courageous, but we also found out that God is going to give us the strength that we need. That's good news, somebody. Amen, somebody. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you for letting God use you to create the culture that is needed in this dark, dying world. Thank you for allowing the light to shine brightly here at 24th and Dickinson. Amen, somebody. We also thank you for those who thought it not robbery to type in that it is me that is in need of the Savior in the church home. God said that his word will not go out void, that it will accomplish what he set it out to do. So God, we thank you as we prepare to leave this place, but never God's presence. We read what is written in the book of Numbers. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you. And may you always, always, always experience the peace of God in these tough, turbulent times. And all of God's people said, Amen. 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 God bless you. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. God is. God is my own. And yes, he he will be right there. He will hear your prayer. He will answer when you call him. Go!